Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 26, 2023. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we had Kabuki Day. We had the Fed or FOMC announcement. Then we had Jerry's Presser. And here's in the end what it turned out to be. A nothing burger, one of those lot of hype situations, and you wind up in what we call in the trading parlots, Dudleyville. Just a big old dud. Market went up a little bit, market went down a little bit, all in all, she's still eating time off the clock, above all the moving averages, edging higher, as you can see, as the home base or 20 period moving average edges higher. No magic, no phenomenon, once the market runs out of time and gets to a place of interest that Mrs. Market will find bona fide overhead resistance, we will see a bona fide pullback operation. And I don't mean by just a few pennies, a few points, or a day or so, a bona fide pullback operation when time and price converge. Now here's the rub. When is that? We are in the zone from a timing perspective. That doesn't mean today. It doesn't necessarily mean tomorrow. It means we're in the zone. The zone could extend, let's just call it another week or so. We're in the zone where we're starting to look for some signs and or signals of a trend change. We haven't seen it yet. We'll know it when we see it. When we look at the weekly chart, and by the way, what's this 450, 455? We'll get to that later. That was today's pivot from an intraday perspective, inside the numbers perspective. Today's pivot, day trading stuff. When we look at the weekly chart, nothing's changed. Everything we said the last couple of days holds true. 458 to 462, split the difference. You got 460. That's the next zone of overhead resistance. And they're edging up there. Would have loved to see them get up there real quick, but they're edging up there. That zone should be overhead resistance. The longer it takes to get there and the more they creep up there rather than running up there in a hurry formation, the higher the market can go. The less of overhead resistance that zone will actually become. The faster they get there, the more likely it's overhead resistance. 458 to 462 from a big picture perspective. In the end, there's really no change from what we discussed yesterday in terms of the big picture to what we're discussing today in terms of the big picture. The hyped up, FOMC announcement really didn't do anything overall for or to the market. Not yet, anyway. Sometimes we'll get the next day phenomenon. All of a sudden, the market will move the following day, and then the media, the talking heads, will hearken back to the Fed announcement, and it was a delayed reaction, and they come up with some fake reason why. They were, quote-unquote, digesting the information, they'll say. That's really all they have to hang their hat on, is digesting the information when you get a delayed response. Kind of like the earnings announcement, where the market goes in one direction after the earnings announcement. By the time you wake up the next day, it's in the other direction, 
and they say, well, they were pouring through the numbers, the delayed reaction, it was digesting the information, all that stuff. They don't really understand or know the reason why, so they have to come up with a fake excuse. Garden variety, talking head behavior. We're talking about the pivot today, or we were. Now we're going to do it again. We're talking about inside the numbers. We're talking about, did anybody make money today inside the numbers? The short answer is, yes, they did. Inside the numbers, the live room. We had a bit of a bonanza today from an inside the numbers, stocks on the move perspective, all of the above. Another day where we had, quote unquote, something for everybody. It was hump day slash kabuki theater day. Starts with the morning rush hour. We're not worried about the Fed announcement during the morning rush hour. We just have an understanding of what today brings. After the rush hour, things quiet down until Kabuki Theater starts, and then it becomes a spectator sport. So we go right to, again, 454.50 is our early pivot. I actually made it later on. You'll see in the notes, 454.55. 50 and 55 are basically the same thing. Below opens the door for a little leg lower. We didn't really have to worry about that, but it's on the board nevertheless. Above the pivot opens the door for yesterday's close and or higher, 455.41 for starters. Above, and she works her way up to 456, next area of overhead resistance. Once Kabuki Theater or the Fed announcement starts, you have to throw some of the numbers out. You have to only take extremes if you're looking at anything. But these were the numbers for Zero Dark 30 through the morning session. And that was the morning schematic. Let's scroll up. Let's see what else we have closer to the opening bell. Let's narrow things down a little, 9 o'clock. And by the way, since we think better in pictures and before we narrow things down a little bit, let's look at the numbers and see what happened. So we know that this spike over here is Kabuki Theater. We're not shorting the market up here. But look at this. All of a sudden, forget the pivot for a second. The number on the board, if they drop them below the pivot, the only number that I was willing to buy below the pivot was 453.45. Now that was from the zero dark 30 notes. That'll change as the morning session goes on. But this number was on in the pre-market, 453.45. That deserves a funny how that works. You could also see all the activity that occurred around the pivot. You could see it here. They get below, they get back above, above and below, above and below. But really in the morning session, you could see they were fighting the pivot. They came back to it later. They shot up after Kabuki Theater. The rest is forget about it. Chart gets out of whack with the FOMC. We're not going to worry about that. We'll just show up again tomorrow and do the morning session all over again. Question is, was there a trade in here? Was there a trade in the S&P 500? How about the NASDAQ? Yes, there was. Where was the trade in the S&P? The SPY, options, ES, futures, whatever. We have traders of all walks of life that trade a lot of different vehicles. You take the numbers, you do what you're comfortable doing. We talk about it ad nauseum in the room every day. So let's narrow things down a little bit right here. Below 454.50, the door is still open for 454. All right, 937, same routine. The pivot is the pivot. Below opens the door for 454. And there it was. A lot of traders bought 454 today. We were watching it like a hawk in the live room. They took the trade, wrote them up. 
Some got a Whopper Jr. out of it. Some took a scalp plus, and my scalp isn't two points, as we know. My scalp is five to seven S&P handles, as we know. Never going to suggest the trade for less than five to seven S&P handles. That's our version of a scalp. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Eating time off the clock, 454.55 is the pivot. Below when the door opens for 454, say it three times, four times, five times, and there's your 454 for a bounce back in the other direction. They start as a scalp with potential. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, and double check the work. Where are they going after 454? Right back to the pivot. There's your five to seven S&P handles. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, and double check the work. What about stocks on the move? So we had four that hit their entry objectives or price target entry targets. There were three that did not. Remember, it's earnings season. They come fast and furious. Let's check out what happened with Microsoft, Texan, NET, which is Cloudfare, and Datadog. Better said, Datadog. First, we'll start with Mickeysoft. Traders had a bonanza in the room with Mickeysoft. I know that much. 337.20, you can see the low in this candle. 337.10, nice rocket right away. Top line price, 341.87. They gave you everything you wanted and then some. How about the second number? They came down. We talked about it in the room. Second number was still good. 334.60, they spiked it. Went where? Right back to the first number. They gave you a second trade for another base hit. Nice trades in Microsoft. The numbers work. How about Texan? How about the manner in which? They were hovering over the number. They came close, bounced away. Then they came into it. The trade is no good anymore. It's the manner in which conversation. But the takeaway is the numbers work. They still gave you the deal. They gave you the base hit off the number. They just do it in a quirky way today, not in the manner in which. So be it, that's trading. How about net? First number 65.22, second number 64.27, buzz cut at the open, cut through the first number, get right to the second number, low of day 64.24, three pennies below my number, and then the absolute rip-roaring rocket ride back up in the other direction. Minutes later, by 10.30, the high is 67.35. How you doing? We had traders that made a lot of money in net today, also a lot of money in Dater Dog today. Same routine in Dater Dog. 108.40, 107.05. It's a zone. They came into the second number. The low was 107.05 on the button. And what happened? The rocket ride back in the other direction. High of 112.70. How you doing? Squared. I say it every day. You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. And what I'm trying to do in the live room, we're trying to do as a group, is train traders to hold a piece for the never know rocket ride. Your results will skyrocket. No harm, no foul. If they stop you out when you're trying to hold, you still got a base hit in your pocket. It's only after we have a risk-free, emotionless trade in our pocket. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, they're still eating time off the clock. Above all the moving averages, back above 196. This number is no nearly as important as it once was. They've cut through it multiple times. Therefore, it diminishes the importance of 196. They're hanging around the same spot. 
They're making a bullish pattern, eating time off the clock above all the moving averages. You look at the weekly chart, as long as they're above the 100, which puts them above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend and they can push higher. What are the next important spots? You got to pivot right here. You got to pivot right here. And in between, there'll be some other numbers of interest, but those pivots are paramount at present. Why do we say that? One more time, I want to go over this. We discuss it all the time in the room. I want to do it one more time. When the market runs up to a place like this and gets rejected, runs up to a place like this and gets rejected, it's the way Mrs. Market is telling you that price that she stopped at and got rejected at is important. You don't need to know it in advance. If you do know it in advance, that's fine. But now, after the fact, she's telling you. So next time up, is there a reason why we wouldn't consider it as being important since in the past, Mrs. Market told us that exact price is important for whatever her reason was. So we're going to pay homage or respect to those prices that Mrs. Market tells us about. This is all the type of stuff that's found in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. What about the folks down at the transportation department? How about another screaming up day up almost 3%, 440-some-odd points? Tremendous day for Team Transports, Secretary Buttigieg. What we have next on the upside, same routine that we just discussed in Camp IWM. We have the pivots as the next area of interest. What's after this pivot? the next pivot here, and they're close together. So you're coming into an area of bona fide overhead resistance. You also have some symmetry working on the weekly chart. You also have one of those situations where she's getting a little bit far from home base. Whenever the market gets a little bit far from home base, she has a tendency to either eat time off the clock or give home base a chance to come up to price Price come down to home base, any and all of the above. Those things are inevitable. It's from exactly what price will that begin. The next price it's possible is this pivot up here. That's it. It's all you need to know. What's going on with the Q people? Well, here's what I see in the Q people, which is slightly different than I see in other markets. You have a move down. You're riding the 20 period moving average. But she's making some kind of a bearish, wedgish, flaggish situation going on that will continue until it's not, until the chain is broken. Technically, they're not going to break the chain until they close above this breakdown candle high above 384 and change. If they do that, they're filling the gap above. And if they're doing that, they're pushing on the former highs. Could the Qs be some kind of a canary in the coal mine? We'll give it some more time, but it's beginning to raise an eyebrow. It's becoming a puzzle piece on the table. The financial space, the XLF, eating time off the clock, above all the moving averages, no change whatsoever. We're really focused on the weekly chart, and what we're focused on is the breakdown candle high. They're not there yet. They're getting there. They're trying to get there. We don't know that they will get all the way to the high, but they can get all the way to the high. Right above is a gap. So right in this area, which is close together, is bona fide overhead resistance. It's also magnetic. It's also drawing price in. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. What about Team Smash Mouth over here? What's going on? Well, similar to the Qs, 
we have one of those bearish, flaggish, wedgish things going on, riding the 20 period moving average. So until they break the chain, that's what they're doing. In terms of this chain, I'm going to have to say they did close above this breakdown candle high. Actually, let me see. The high was 156.41, closing price 156.39. They did not, interestingly enough, shame on me. There are no accidents or coincidences in the market. We'll say until or unless they close above that breakdown candle high, no dice for the upside where there's a gap up here and we have the most recent and former highs. Until or unless they close above that price, this is going to be and remain a bearish wedgish thing currently supported by the 20 period moving average. But keep in mind, the more that they beat against this moving average, the less important it becomes. Eventually, the longer they beat on it, the likelihood becomes that they give up the ghost. Hey, if I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.